Hi, welcome to episode 108 of the LDS Study Session with me, your host, Matthew Roberts. We are going to continue with our Come Follow Me study this week. We're coming to the end of the personal scripture study section. We're looking at September 9th uh, to 15th, 2 Corinthians chapters 1 to 7, Be Ye Reconciled to God. And you're joining us today to look at the final section, 2 Corinthians chapter 7 verses 8 to 11, Godly Sorrow Leads to Repentance. Now, I think that uh, this is always a tough one because I think all of us are of a feeling that we can all do better, uh, no matter where we are in life or what it is that we've done or things like that. You know, as a part of, unless you are very prideful, there is always some elements of our lives that we think that we need to do better in, and I'm, I certainly have that. So then to read this about godly sorrow being necessary to lead to repentance and part of that important process it's difficult because it is something we have to go through. But I guess that feeling is part of the godly sorrow. Let's have a look at it. In Second um, Corinthians chapter 7, verses 9 to 10, we have the kind of the, the main two verses that talk about this in this uh, little section here. Uh, it says, Now I rejoice, not that ye were made sorry, but that ye sorrowed to repentance. For ye were made sorry after a godly manner, that ye might receive damage by us in nothing. For godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation, not to be repented of, but the sorrow of the world worketh death. So we know there is kind of the two different kinds of sorrow. There's the godly sorrow, which is where we're sorry for how our actions have offended God, um, caused pain to the Saviour, caused pain to others. Whereas there's worldly sorrow where we are sorry that we got caught or we're sorry or we are, we feel the shame because, you know, we, we hope, we wish that our standing in the world would not have not been affected by what we've done, that kind of thing. Um, and of course, both can lead to change, but godly sorrow leads to more lasting change. And of course, a much more uh, able, um, well, it, it basically makes the atonement of the Saviour more possible in our lives to really work in our hearts to change us. So um, there's a few footnotes that I wanted to kind of link to this. First one was to uh, Ecclesiastes. Now, I thought this quite funny at first. Uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 3, it says, Sorrow is better than laughter, for by the sadness of the countenance of the heart is made better. Uh, and I just thought, oh, okay. So a bit of an odd phrasing that, you know, in the Old Testament, that sorrow is better than laughter. Uh, but in terms of us changing and repenting and becoming more like our saviour i guess that is true you know um if we recognize the things we do wrong rather than try and laugh them off then that is better than than laughter so that we can try and improve and be better and this is actually backed up in james chapter 4 verse 9 where it says be afflicted and mourn and weep let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness now it does seem quite uh quite um, counterproductive when we're talking about being reconciled to God yesterday through the atonement of Christ and then obviously don't be happy or laugh but turn that laughing into mourning and sorrow you know it seems like oh well, we were just talking about how it's a wonderful positive message of joy but this is part of the process and it's one of the reasons why I think it's difficult for people because you know if it was all just happy and all you had to do was accept Christ and that was it and you're just happy constantly, then everyone would do it. 
but I guess to really change, we do have to go through that refining process with the Saviour. Of course, Alma the Younger talked about this in his own experience, and this is referred to uh, in Alma 36, which the manual um, refers to. He talks about how he was wrapped with torments and harrowed up by the memory of his sins. And I think that sometimes we mix up godly sorrow and worldly sorrow with, um, you know, godly sorrow being where we uh, voluntarily, you know, go through this sorrow with our Heavenly Father and confess that to him and speak to him. Or we get caught and then we have to go through a process of sorrow. I think that as long as, which whatever way it comes about, as long as the sorrow is focused on the eternal implications with you know who, we, who we've upset and, and, and affected and it had an impact on and how it's affected our relationship with our God and our Saviour, that's the, that's the key. Uh, and I think that that is a really important aspect. And then in hour 42, um, he's speaking to his son, Corianton, who of course has gone through a number of uh, serious transgressions. And he says in verse 29, and now, my son, I desire that ye should let these things trouble you no more, and only let your sins trouble you with that trouble which shall bring you down unto repentance. So, really, really important points here uh, made by a number of um, prophets. We've also got a quote uh, by Elder Dieter F. Uchtdorf, which I thought was really, really good as well. He was speaking uh, in a general conference, and it was in October 2013 in a talk called You Can Do It Now. Uh, and he said this, quote, The Apostle Paul taught that godly sorrow worketh repentance to, to salvation, but the sorrow of the world worketh death. Godly sorrow inspires change and hope through the atonement of Jesus Christ. Worldly sorrow pulls us down, extinguishes hope, and persuades us to give in to further temptation. Godly sorrow leads to conversion and a change of heart. It causes us to hate sin and love goodness. It encourages us to stand up and walk in the light of Christ's love. True repentance is about transformation, not torture or torment. Yes, heartfelt regret and true remorse for disobedience are often painful and very important steps in the sacred process of repentance. But when guilt leads to leads to self-loathing or prevents us from rising up again, it is Im impeding rather than promoting our repentance." Close quote. And I think that Elder Uchtdorf's words here are an important reminder that godly sorrow is often an important part of the repentance process, but it is not godly torment or godly torture or godly put down, you know, making us think that we cannot rise up again above it or making us think that we are worthless because of what we've done. It is recognising that our actions have had consequences um, for whoever it may be. And that we need to recognise, we need to overcome that with our Saviour's support and become better. And that's what this is all about, it's that change. And I think, you know, part of why temptation and sin is so bad is that, yes, whilst it kind of, well, it's what, it's what, our, Saviour, it's what our Heavenly Father has asked us not to do. And of course, if we transgress the laws of God, then, you know, we, we cannot return to his presence. There is an element that I think that there is of temptation and sin that the main the main reason why it's so bad is that it is tempting. And I, therefore, as it's tempting, it means that we want to do it again and again and keep doing it. It's very rare that there is a sin that we commit or a transgression that we that we commit that we that we kind of carry out that isn't 
um, something that we the natural man wants to do. You know, I think of all everything. Uh, you know, we all the sorts of addictions there are: such as gambling, pornography, um, you know, alcohol, drugs, whatever. All those things are obviously addictive things, which mean we want to do it again. That's obvious. But then we have things such as lying, bearing false witness uh, to, to our neighbours, uh, being impatient with people. You know, these things are things we are, we should be overcoming as well. And actually, when you sit and think about it, yeah, it is. When I, when I you know, kind of have my kids that I'm trying to deal with, you know, my young, excited, you know, kids that sometimes don't listen to me, it is so much easier just to react with anger and just shout at them and get them to do what I want that way. However, that is not the way. And I need to overcome that and become better, even though it may be easier to do it, you know, a natural, aggressive, just shouting way. That is not the way to do it. And that's why we need to change and become better. Changing and becoming better is always the hardest path. And I think that that's why we have repentance. And I think we need to look beyond repentance as this draconian five-step process that must be gone through with everything. Of course, all those steps are important and need to be remembered. But um, but it's our saviour that is helping us to change and become better. I think that's that's the key message of repentance. It's not saying, folk, look at this thing that you've done wrong. Focus on that. You've, you know, you've done a silly thing here and you need to not do it again. It's this thing is stopping you from becoming like your saviour and he wants you to become better and he wants you to be better and he knows he can he can see that potential in you so let's go through this process of feeling our sorrow for a bit because you know that it's not what your saviour wants you to do and now let's make that change and see what we can do to help you keep that change always i think it's yeah that's where i see that's my views on repentance now and I think that the talk by uh, President Nelson from the last general conference was really important with that because it was such a huge shift for a number of people. The repentance is a joyful process that we go through every day, not because we've done a big sin, but because we recognise that there's changes to be made and it's exciting. Uh, so anyway, that's where Godly Sorrow goes for me. And actually, having, having started at the start thinking, oh, this is a hard topic to talk about, you know, we need to be sorrow, sorrowful about things. Actually... It is an exciting thing, which if we recognise the place of godly sorrow and how it's not godly kicking ourselves when we're down, but, you know, sorrow for what we've done, and then we look forward to the future. That is what's exciting to me. Uh, I'm grateful for what, uh, for, for, your, for your time that you've taken to listen. Uh, if you've got anything to share about what you've been studying, please share uh, at mattsroberts90 on Twitter uh, uh, or email at ldsstudysession at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. Until we meet again.